everyone. This is Regina. Hi, horse lovers. This is Lynn. This week on the Horse Industry Podcast. We are sponsored by Purple Power Equine. Looking to add performance, power, and balanced nutrition? Purple Power Equine has many products that will become essential in preparing your equine athlete for performance. Whether you need to help gut and hoof health or add weight, body, and dimension, Purple Power Equine can help bring success to your equine athlete. Gastro Power, Power Up. Hoof Power, Power Punch, Emergency Power. Visit purplepowerequine.com or on Facebook at Purple Power Equine. So we're in a roll of funnies. Oh, because we're hilarious (laughs) in our own mind. My husband might describe me as sarcastic, and that's not always in a good way. But this is one that I felt like we have to do. Okay. 15 famous horse proverbs to live by. These inspirational quotes will change how you look at horses. And this is an article in Cowgirl Magazine from December of 2017 by Emily Fout. Awesome. All right. So some of these you're going to recognize. Some of them may you may not. But nearly every equestrian has heard at least a few horse proverbs if they've been in the industry long enough. They are short pieces of general advice that are usually based on truth or folklore. These sayings are carried among the generations of riders and trainers. Some may be funny, while others are intended to be taken seriously. Gina, mm-hmm. let's see how many we recognize. Okay. All right. Ready. Number one, one white foot, buy him. Two white feet, try them. I don't understand that one so yeah, much. That's probably been lost, lost in four. Kind of like folklore. back in the old, in the previous episode where women could only ride certain colored horses to be proper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is one we all know. Mm-hmm. No hoof, no horse. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That's one we've all heard. Yeah, and you and I have talked about how important farriers are. Yeah. To performance and longevity, and yeah. Got to have good feet. This one would have been funny when you did your episode with your college students mm-hmm. to ask them what that meant. Yeah, it would. Which we've never really talked about that, but that is hilarious. <laughs> it is. It shocks me how clueless people are outside of the horse industry about things that we take for granted. My mom enjoyed that one. Now, I did, you know, you and I have been podcasting now for a year, and we we tend we're getting better at things like we're we're more consistent with our sound. We try to not make dumb mistakes. What I learned from that one is that I should have when the college students like gave me a response like sixteen hands. You need sixteen hands holding onto a naughty horse. <laughs> <laughs> I should have given the actual meaning behind it during the episode. So I thought about that because you had mentioned it to me. And then I thought, how do you explain that? There are some things that have just been really hard to explain and they still might not have got them. True. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So for those of you that wish I had explained it, I apologize. For those of you that just had to close your eyes and chuckle because they were so off the mark. (laughs) 16 hands. That one really. (laughs) But I mean, again, that's something that we take for granted, but they just had no clue. No clue. No, no or the green, the green trail. Yeah, the path they took. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, what I did with those students afterwards, 
is that I have this huge screen in my classroom and I literally went on YouTube and I showed them what setting a horse up square looked like, a showmanship (laughs) pattern. Their jaw was to the ground. I mean, such a totally different world. Yeah, Yeah. that was awesome. That was a fun one for sure. (laughs) This one cracks me up. Green on green makes black and blue. So could you imagine explaining that to your students? So green rider, green horse, black and blue. (laughs) I am a mother who put a green child on a green pony. Uh, And how often does that happen? Green horses? I mean, mean, they're less expensive. Uh Uh-huh. And this is for like our city dwellers that really have no clue. And they're just thinking, oh, this young... Uh-huh. Young horse will be they just can fine grow for together. My young child. They yeah, can grow I together. Like it. They'll they'll learn together. If no, they, they're not gonna learn together. If they live through it. Right. <laughs> That's one hard lesson I've learned through the years. Buy your kid the broke horse. I don't care if it's 17 years old with three legs. Buy your kid the broke horse horse. Green on green. I'm going to say green on green is black and blue and a bit of red, right? And what you just said about buy your kid the broke horse (laughs) takes me back to your college students again. (laughs) Oh, so sorry. We digress as usual. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. True. Yeah, that's that's the truth. A horse is worth more than riches. Aw. Yeah. Oh, if you have a horse, you will never be rich. (laughs) (laughs) or what was that saying how do you make a million dollars in the horses start with three million (laughs) yes but maybe that goes back to the olden days too the olden days i sound like i'm yeah a horse is worth more than riches i mean a horse was probably everything back in the day when that was their only transportation or how they farmed i mean it could have a lot of meanings my mom told me recently that you and i often say back in the day Back in the day, in the olden days. Back in the day. (laughs) That means we're middle-aged. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Never look a gift horse in the mouth. That's common. And I don't know that everybody understands that saying. But I mean, that's that's common. Never look a gift horse. Yeah. Use it in all kinds of different scenarios. What does that mean? Oh, I'm no, I'm really, I'm pondering that. Never look a gift horse in the mouth. Well, I think what it means is that if someone gifted you a horse, don't look in the mouth because it's probably 30 years old. <laughs> it has really long teeth. <laughs> the buyer needs a hundred eyes, the seller, not one. <laughs> That's good. For sure. All I pay my psychiatrist is the cost of feeding hay, and he'll listen to me any day. Aww. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. For sure. Growing up in the country, mm-hmm. I mean, we're a little bit remote in the summer times. I mean, like my horse pony was my best friend. Mm-hmm. I spent hours mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. trying to avoid you. <laughs> <laughs> my pony Buttercup had a lot of tear stains on her shoulder because of you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how many boyfriends I told my old horse chief about? Yeah. Oh, I wish this boy liked me. I was like 12 or 13. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a rider unless you've fallen off seven times seven there's a like a legit like threshold apparently i do not want to fall off one time let alone Mm. seven times now i've fallen off seven times oh for sure oh yeah for sure lila's fallen off a lot too in fact she's got a couple chipped teeth from it (laughs) 
all horses deserve at least once in their lives to be loved by a little girl. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are a lot of horses that are loved by big girls like me too. Right. Yeah. For sure. Every horse. You know what? At the end of the day, generally speaking, all a horse wants to do is its job and do it well. I mean, I don't, there are very few horses out there that are truly jerks. I mean, and there are some, don't get me wrong, but generally speaking, a horse just wants to, just a horse just wants to be cared for and do what it wants you to do. I have such an emotional connection to my horses yeah. that it is very hard for me. And we've done recently, we've sold more horses or traded more horses than we really ever have to get to the right horse. Mm -hmm. But I have some empathy for those horses because we loved them and spoiled them and treated them. And I hope that their next home is as kind. Well, I'm going to tell you, I mom used to take me back when we were showing the driving minis and ponies, we would go to auctions and I've been to horse auctions that are, you know, high, high brow horse auctions. I have such empathy for those horses. They don't choose to go to that auction and they literally have zero control over what's going to happen to them. And they willingly, I mean, there are horses and this is going down a dark path, but there are horses that are led onto a slaughter truck mm. and they they just trust the person leading them, not knowing that their cooperation is, that's it. And I... That's tough. I don't like horse auctions. It reminds me of Snowman. Yeah, Snowman. That was a great story. That was a good story. So listen to Snowman. Go mm -hmm. back and listen that's to a, Gina's episode of of the story of Snowman. That's a feel good. Yeah, that's a happy ending. Yep, and and they're not all they're not all. No, happy there's like a that. lot of not happy endings. This is a good one. A stubborn horse walks behind you. An impatient horse walks in front of you, but a noble companion walks beside you. Oh, sweet. That makes me feel like, that makes me think of showmanship patterns too. Mm -hmm. You know, a, an awesome showmanship pattern is when that exhibitor and that horse are so in tune with each other that they just move like, it's like a, it's like one, one unit versus mm -hmm an exhibitor and a horse. Yeah, no, I love to watch showmanship because yeah. of that. Yeah. And this one, this one actually goes right along with it. A good rider can hear his horse speak to him. A great rider can hear his horse whisper. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. That's a good one. Your horse's behavior always seems to depend on the number of people watching you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for no sure. No truer words. Right? <laughs> And again, I mean, and for several reasons, like, right, like, I'm sure like when we've got more people watching us, right, we're absolutely more nervous than they, they feel our tension. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's mm -hmm. a that's a self explanatory one right there for sure. Or it's also conducive to if you're doing something really cool, your trainer is not paying attention. The minute the trainer looks at you, it all falls apart. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. I definitely... I, so I'm competitive and mm -hmm. we've talked about that, but I mean, I really like, I know if I know that my team is there watching me, mm -hmm. I really try to step up my game. Mm -hmm. Like it's really important for me to make my, my supporters proud mm -hmm. of me. Yeah. And uh, so therefore I think I probably put extra pressure on mm -hmm. myself and make more mistakes. Yeah. That's a good point. Through the years, you know, our barn family, I used to be nervous for myself or nervous for Lila when our barn family watched because you do, you want to perform well. And I've become so reliant on their legitimately sincere wishes 
that everyone in our barn does well, that I miss them if they're not there. We have such amazing, such an amazing cutting horse family. Mm-hmm. Like the group of people that all hang out together, we all ride with different trainers. Oh, There's really? very few of us that have like a duplicate, like the oh. same trainer. We all ride with different trainers. Uh-huh. And even at our campfire at night, more and more the different trainers are hanging out and socializing with us at our campfire. Oh. So I love, and that's part of like the United States Cutting Horse Association, mm-hmm. which we compete in. That is the best part about that association is mm-hmm. that we come from different barns, mm-hmm. but we're all so supportive. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, again, we're so dependent on those stupid heifers and how they're going to be. But <laughs> uh, the, the cattle, like we all have that in common, like, oh, <laughs> how the cow's going to be today. Or we're come out of the ring, like this one, Kara, her name is Kara. And I've just recently met her and Kara mm-hmm. will come out and she'll be like, don't pick that white one. <laughs> So the cattle, I mean, they're not trained cattle. They're just fresh cattle that are put out there. Yes. Is there is there anybody that you can't train cattle, right? And you don't want them to. I mean, you want There's them to be fresh. fresh. You pay extra mo- money Money's- for them to be fresh. So, and there's a difference between the cattle in the Midwest uh-huh. and the cattle that you get like in Texas. So like when you have your cattle... When we go to show in Ohio, uh-huh. those cattle, a lot of those heifers come from like a feedlot where they get in a big feeder and they have to compete and crowd each other oh, yeah. for feed. Yeah. And so they don't mind being a tight group or they get more like herd bound to whenever where the cattle like from out west are a little more independent. The open range. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And I've probably explained that wrong. <laughs> but I know that the people that come to Ohio to compete mm-hmm. and then those of us that go from the Midwest out to from the Midwest out to the West to compete, mm-hmm. the behavior of those heifers is a bit different. So the ones out West, are they easier to separate? Are they easier to cut? Some say that they are. Yes. Okay. They're because they're not so herd bound Used to, to one another. Smushed together. They can, yeah. They can. Yeah. Yeah. Or they try harder to get back to the, the ones in, in Ohio try harder to get back to the herd or they pair up. Uh, it's all very complicated. And I'm just learning it. I thought you just sat there. <laughs> yes. 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 Just as you as a professor, <laughs> you just stand in front of the class and recite something out of a book. There's no plan that goes into that, no, correct? No, no plan at okay. all. No. <laughs> I like this one. He knows when you're happy. He knows when you're comfortable. He knows when you're confident. And he always knows when you have carrots. Aww. <laughs> or mint. Mints. So you, you use the... Um, Granola bars. The, the Nature Valley Crunchy Granola Bars. Oh, Levi loves those and he loves to hear the rapper. Like, I mean, I could be a hundred yards from him and rattle that rapper and, and his knows. ears would perk up mm-hmm. and he would look look for those. And, and now our goat, Lucy, has mm-hmm. also learned to love those oh. granola bars. Yeah, she's a fit little thing. I've seen her recently. <laughs> Willow likes peppermint. Now, Willow is not a carrot person. She Carrots are just not her, just not her cup of tea, doesn't really care about them. Mint. She's a mint girl. Like the red and white peppermints? Yep. Uh, and we will take those into, or Lila will take those into the performance smears class and try to like get her ears oh. up. Yeah. And like wrinkle the wrapper. So yeah, she's a, she's a mint girl. Fresh, fresh, freshness for Willow. Uh, there are only two emotions that belong in the saddle. One is a sense of humor and the other is patience. <laughs> I got to work on my sense of humor. I mean, you, sh- you shouldn't flog your steed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, we got to get t-shirts that say don't flog your steed. Yeah. Again, that was a, that was a great episode. I'm holding on to that. I'm holding <laughs> on to that phrase. <laughs> there are so many more great horse proverbs. Let us know what they are. Get yeah. a hip fit yeah. and share them with us. Yeah. And we should create some new ones. Yes. So that's our story this week. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to spending more time with you and sharing stories of our industry. See you next week.